Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our LinkedIn cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Well, good morning. Another good morning to all of you out there on YouTube, Facebook, radio. We're all over the planet, and uh, this show is... Uh, I hate to brag, I just think we're unique. I think it's a special show. We tell it like it is. There's not a lot of shows out there, radio or otherwise, that really tell it like it is. Uh, we, uh, we don't have any kind of individual personal agenda. This is not an infomercial, although many of you know uh, that I am a car dealer. In fact, all of us in this room are affiliated with a, a commercial retail automobile dealership. And uh, it's just not an infomercial. It's a consumer advocacy show. And uh, we're pretty good at what we do, and I think we're entertaining. And uh, the Mystery Shopping Report is uh, just uh, uh, out of sight, exciting and informative, and uh, probably uh, the most important thing that we do in the show, because it's, it's real life. It's, it's about as real as you can get. We name names. We name dealerships, uh, salespeople, sales managers. Uh, we tell the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, car dealer does a good job. We put them on a recommended list. He does a bad job. We put him on the don't buy from this car dealer list. Uh, we've got uh, tips on just about everything. Well, the, the world is uh, chaotic today. I hate to use these uh, superlatives, but what else can you call it? Uh, President of the United States uh, has been tested positive. He has the COVID virus and uh, First Lady. And uh, what a shock to the world. What a shock to all of us. And uh, just like all the other millions of people that have been affected, uh, uh, we all hope and pray for his recovery. Uh, I think it's kind of sent a message to a lot of us uh, to, it, it's not over till it's over. The fat lady definitely has not sung yet. And uh, we have this COVID issue we have to contend with. So in this show, hopefully we can help you a little bit more on how to deal with uh, the issues we have. Um, the uh, blog that I did uh, in the Florida Weekly, this, I'll hold it up for you. It's uh, how to uh, take care of your car service, maintain your car in, in view of the COVID situation. Some tips, largely, I credit it to Rick Kearney, who was sitting on my right, because we get more calls on the show now than we ever have about, what do I do? I, you know, I, I don't want to come into the service department uh, unless I have to. Uh, I don't want to venture out. We have a lot of people that are uh, 55, 65, 75, and older. And uh, they just don't want to go into a place where a bunch of people are. Some of them were in mask, maybe, and some of them not. So, but they don't want their car to break because they got to have their car. They're not going to take a bus. They're not going to take a train or airplane. The airline industry is crashing, looking for federal aid. So you got to have your car. Your car has always been very, very important. And now it's become a vital necessity, and you don't want it to break. So any questions you have, I urge you to go to EarlOnCars.com. Uh, you can read it there. You can buy a Florida, you know, 
Florida Weeklies are free. You don't have to buy it. Look at the Florida Weekly. Uh, or you can call Rick Kearney, uh, 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. A quick interruption. Yes. Uh, Howard, give us a call back. Uh, I just couldn't get to you quick enough. Howard was calling from Jupiter. Yeah, by all means, Howard. You're one of our favorite callers. If you'll call back now, Nancy will flag me, and we'll put you right on the air. We love our callers, and uh, we love our texters, 772-497-6530. Please text us at 772-497-6530. And, of course, youranonymousfeedback.com, a, a unique way. I don't know anyone that does this. I don't talk shows. Uh, nobody does this. An anonymous line on a website, and you go to www.youranonymousfeedback, just the way it sounds, .com, and you go online and you can ask us from that website, tell us, ask us, beg us, uh, scold us, uh, shame us. We don't care. Well, we do care. We'd like to have the praise, but we get all sorts of uh, comments, and we accept them gladly because we know that you are not afraid to speak out, and it's not a thing that you could ever be retaliated against. It's anonymous. We get a lot of uh, a lot of those. In fact, a lot of them are just uh, very constructive uh, comments that, for whatever reason, you just I don't want to be annoyed. I don't want you to have my email address. I don't want you to have my phone phone number. Your anonymousfeedback.com. So, has Howard called back yet? He has not. Well, Howard, please call back. Uh, let me uh, introduce Nancy Stewart sitting to my left. Uh, she's my co-host, as most of you know. My wife, as most of you know. She was with me many, many years ago. We're, we're coming up on two decades. I, I'm hung up on 17 years. I bet we're probably getting close to 20 years that we started this show with a half an hour on a radio station called Seaview Radio. Uh, they're no longer in business. And uh, this station came along, and we got on this station, and we evolved from a 30-minute show to a two-hour show. And we're kind of like in prime time now. We have a large audience, and then the Internet happened, and here we are all over the globe. So Nancy Stewart has got some special reasons to talk to you, especially to the women. Yes, two decades. That sounds scary. scary. I'd rather use 17 years. Anyway, real quick, because we do have a caller. Ladies, give me a call. Please, 877-960-9960. You know, I tell you every week, you are an important part of the show. I got $50 for you. First two new lady callers, $50, 877-960-9960. Now we're going to go straight to Steve. And remember, Howard, we want to speak with you. So uh, good morning, Steve, from New Jersey. Yes. Hi. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a long-time listener. I most often text, and once or twice I've called. But uh, I just wanted to call back this morning to reiterate uh, some advice that Earl's given many times about uh, buying a car. A car. Um, I bought my car while it was delivered in, in June of this year, and I did extensive test drives on a number of cars. Um, this particular car I bought was a Volvo, but I, I had about a 150-mile test drive before I, I I purchased, I ordered it new. And uh, one of the things Earl's always said is make sure you, you test drive the car before you buy it. It sounds like that would be an obvious thing to do, but I think many people don't. Or if they do test drive, it's it's a relatively short test drive. And in my case, uh, I knew I wanted to use this car for uh, long-distance driving. And 
my test drives that I had with various cars uh, proved that, like the visibility uh, of some of the cars wasn't great, uh, and also the uh, seat comfort wasn't great for long distances. And thank goodness I did, you know, take that advice and and um, and and go on some extended test drives because uh, the car I did buy, I've used now for uh, three. Um, five-hour-plus trips to New England with my wife, who has serious back condition, and she used to have to use an orthopedic um, cushion to help with the pain. And with this car now, uh, on our various long drives, she's never once been in any pain. (laughs) And matter of fact, when we arrive at a destination, which is my son's house, five hours later, uh, she can feel free to walk around pain-free. And um, that wasn't true of all the cars we test drove. So I'm just calling up to just say, you know, unless you're going to buy a new car for uh, going to the local supermarket and back, and that's about it, um, you definitely need to test drive a car for a long distance. In my case, it's about 150 miles I test drove it overnight. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness I did. Thank you very much. I I appreciate that. It's uh, probably the most... I won't say the most, but in the top five of the most common uh, comments I hear from my callers, my texters, uh, I'm out in the public, and so a lot of people call me, and it's usually with uh, after-the-fact uh, problems. Typically a lease. You know, I, uh, I had a gentleman call me two days ago. He leased a Volkswagen, and uh, he'd had it for about six months, and he hates it, and he's got a 36-month lease, and he's trapped, and he wants to buy a different make car, uh, the particular car, Volkswagen's a great car, but for him, for whatever reasons, he just hates the car. So thanks very much for reinforcing something very important, and uh, you always, always test drive a car before you buy it. And dr- test drive it extensively. Steve, you said you do- drove yours about 100 miles. That's great. Uh, and uh, you should get a dealer that'll yeah. cooperate with you, uh, that allow you to have the car for the amount of time and miles that you feel comfortable about making that big, big decision. Yeah, I would also add that um, people shouldn't be fooled by the price of a car uh, in terms of especially the, the comfort of the seats. Um, seat comfort is really a personal thing. And yeah. um, what I found in my, my test drives is that uh, even many of the more expensive cars, and my car is reasonably expensive, but many of the ex- expensive cars, the seat comfort was no different than the less expensive cars. It's all about seat design. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why really people need to... If you're going to spend any length of time in the car at all, you really should test drive it. For uh, I asked for overnight test drives in all the cars I was looking at, and luckily I was able yeah. to do that. But well, you're an educated it, consumer. The of money, with, with the amount of money that it costs, it, it seems silly not to do that, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. But, well, you uh, got well, a lot of people's attention. Are, I'm glad you guys are doing well health-wise and uh, continue all the good work you're doing and, and practicing all the safe protocols. Yes. Thank you, Steve. Uh, call again. Thank you very much for the yeah. call. Boy, what a great call. You're uh, how many times have we heard that complaint? Yeah. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what, Steve, we appreciate you. And everyone else that's listening, so give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. You're an important part of the show. You're a little shy? Give us a text, 772-497-6530. Don't forget, www youranonymousfeedback.com Well, let's, uh, Stu, let's uh, talk to you and tell us what's on your mind. Stu is a general manager of our dealership 
And the nice thing about that is that he is a day-to-day -day guy. He sees exactly what's going on. And uh, you know, one of the amazing things, and I'll just throw the ball over in your court, you do with it what you will, business is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, a huge demand for automobiles, and people are buying automobiles faster at a faster pace, at least in our market here, uh, than I've ever seen. I don't understand it. No, I don't either. Um, I, I kind of understand it, but yeah, we, you know, we we have all sorts of theories, and uh, but I keep waiting for the other uh, other uh, foot to fall or the sh other shoe to drop because, you know, when this first when we were first figuring all this out back in in March and April, you know, we had uh, you know predictions of, of doom. I mean, I don't know if you mentioned this on the show, but we are actually running stress tests on the dealership, yes. uh, running models like financial models. Yeah, we figured we could last a year at the most. Yeah, yeah. with zero sales with and zero, and, sales, and zero yeah. service business. And uh, fortunately, um, we had some uh, assistance from the federal government. Uh, fortunately, we had a resilient team. And fortunately, I mean, just to pat ourselves on the back, I think we manage a crisis pretty well. Um, it's kind of insane um, the, the number of, of pretty nothing compared to the coronavirus pandemic, but the crises that you know we've been through in this business from tsunamis d disrupting uh, you know production lines in, in Japan to uh, the Great Recession, and so we thought this was the big one, and we by May we were climbing out of it, and then the summer months June, July, August last month um, were record-breaking months. Um, I mean, we are doing relatively better than a lot of dealers are, but overall the business is is booming, and we're still kind of scratching our heads on you know what that phenomenon is all you know what that's all about. You know, we're not looking to give a horse in the mouth if we're fortunate, um, because you know it's not the same case with a lot of businesses. I think a, a big people. a big thing is the car, as I said when I, at the beginning, it is now an absolute. It's always been a necessity. It's even more a necessity now. Yeah. You know, when you take away. Most of the other areas of transportation, uh, you're, who's going to uh, Uber, Lyft, trains, planes, and automobiles? The only automobile you're going to get in is your automobile. Right. You don't want a taxi cab driver, no. and you want a car that you know has been disinfected, is safe, and you and your wife and your kids are in the car. Yeah. It's like a capsule. You're in a little bubble. I don't want to breathe anybody else's air. You're a safe bubble. So it's it's become. People are just obsessed now with having uh, yeah. an automobile I th I th they can feel good about. I think yeah. that they're so scared that it ha it is definitely driving, you know, car sales. And I I really mean that scared. Uh, twenty twenty. What else can we take? Yeah. So we're just looking at it's it's we're we're forecasting. Toyota's forecasting. All the manufacturers are forecasting a very strong rest of the year, even as we're looking at. Um, apparently an inability to get the pandemic under control it's not going in the right direction and so I like I said I'm still cautious I'm naturally a skeptic and a, and a worry wart and so I'm waiting for the bad news to come but it hasn't come yet so that's good in the meantime um, it's nice to have a, a forum like this we can kind of talk about it and, and and we've got a lot of great opinions from our listeners um, you know some of our, our thoughts on why people are kind of gravitating to, to vehicle buying cars now came from our listeners and so we thank everybody for that and then this week um, on our mystery shopping report I just can't tell you how how cool it is to have two um, really uh, good mystery shoppers to choose from because it keeps opening up new scenarios I'm, I'm not gonna I mean I like doing the mystery shopping report but sometimes we get into these ruts and it's it's kind of like all right not again you know what's 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 the angle on this one and we just it's it's all new again <laughs> so with can, Asian can I lightning. correct myself yeah uh, all you YouTube and you Facebook people out there, I held up the wrong prop. This is a different blog. This is about leasing. 
the one that we were, I, I thought I was talking about because I didn't look at it when I held it up, is minimize the risk of servicing your car during a pandemic. That's at EarlOnCars.com. Uh, the previous one was an earlier week. Uh, important on, on leasing, but this is on servicing. And Rick Kearney, should, he wrote this because I just listened to him, and I, what you see is what Rick wrote. And uh, it's uh, ways that you can avoid having to come into a car dealership, sometimes fix your own problems, sometimes not worry about them as much as you would. But it's a very important blog. Please take a look at it. Sorry, Stu, but I had to... Oh, that's okay. Fact-checking in real time, that's important. That's what you get here on Earl Stewart on Cars. No, I was just saying it's, it's kind of nice having um, Agent Lightning, who is our newest. She's been doing mystery shops for about a month uh, for us now. <laughs> and uh, it, it just opens up a whole lot of opportunities to go into the dealerships. Uh, namely, uh, this week, you know, we, we went to the same dealership back-to-back, and we can do that because we have two qualified investigators and go in there. They won't be recognized. So it's, uh, yeah. it's good for follow-up. We always say that. Uh, we might uh, have a, a bad experience at a car dealership. So we'll, let's give them a chance. We'll send somebody back in the future, and we'll see if they, they clean up their act or you know, fix the problem. Uh, we can do this immediately now, which is great. Good. We got any text or anything backing up over there? Yeah, let's, let's start with one from Anne-Marie. Uh, she's, uh, she had one waiting for us when, when we got to the studio. Uh, Anne-Marie says, good morning. Uh, what's with some Toyota hubcaps? Mine are okay, but I have a friend who's gone through several sets of hubcaps because they keep breaking. She's frustrated and has now given up replacing, replacing them. Her vehicle only has two hubcaps now. What can be done to retain uh, hubcaps? Zip ties? Um, she's right. I mean, they're made out of plastic. Um, they come off. Uh, I mean, I've seen some that are great and some that are just peeling, banged up. The clips come off, and Rick's probably got more expensive with that. I can't which, tell mo- you. which models uh, are, I, I agree with what you said. They're less common now. It yeah. used to be, you know, to get, you had to get alloy wheels to get not get the hubcaps, and that was a you know, special upgrade. And a lot of the cars come standard with it now, but there's still some. Um, I think the Prius still has um, plastic wheel um, are they still Are they still crappy? Yeah, yeah pretty much. They're, uh, they're plastic, yeah. <laughs> the good news is, the good news is, and I just know this from in used cars, you can get a, a, you can re- a replacement one for you know, 25 30 bucks on Amazon. And it, so that's the trade-off. I, mean, I remember back in the old days, you'd come home in this big old Bonneville, Pontiac Bonneville, and you probably had these chrome hub caps on it. I imagine if those got dented, it would be pretty expensive to replace. And, uh, and the, so the trade-off here, you get crappy hub caps, but you can replace them fairly cheaply. And yeah. the labor to put them on is nothing. You just snap them on. So. Yeah. That's an interesting topic, uh, hub caps. I remember back in the old days, Rick, do you recall the location? You could go over and buy any type of hub cap. I spent many a day over there. I think it was on Okeechobee Boulevard. There was one on Okeechobee, and there was also one on, down on Military. Yeah. yeah. There was a bright pink building. And they're yeah, all on display. Exactly. In uh, a hubcap yeah. warehouse or something like that. I always wonder were, about their source of supply. Uh, uh, there were <laughs> hubcaps from everywhere. It Col- was just uh, so exciting. all over town. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't have any uh, Buick hubcaps tonight, but come back tomorrow. I think no, a no, shipment's coming in. Inventory yeah. changes I'll, daily. We'll call our supplier. Just a little walk down memory lane. Uh, I'm going to interrupt Stu, and we're going to go to Loxahatchee where Mike is waiting. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, everybody. Thanks for taking my call. You're quite welcome. First-time caller. Fantastic. If you were female, you'd get uh, 50 bucks, but unfortunately, you sound like a male. (laughs) I 
This morning I woke up and I identified the female dog. <laughs> Be careful. We can make a mistake pretty easily. <laughs> I, I, I do have a, uh, a question about uh, my car and uh, check engine light. Sure. Okay. Love to hear it. So I've got a 2012 Mercury Mariner, and I went and I got a, um, um, a scan for... Uh, uh, um, from AutoZone yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was told it's not really a big deal, and I've got the code, and I was told that I need to replace my EVAP. It's like a $25 part. Um, I don't know uh, how involved that is, but the AutoZone uh, gentleman told me that I should first uh, disconnect my battery and try first a fuel injector cleaner, and I know you guys believe that's really just snake oil. So I'm looking for some advice. And the error code is P0455 and P0457. All right. Okay. Uh, The 457 one, I may have to look up because I don't usually see that on Toyotas. However, the 455 is extremely common. That's what's called a gross leak. And the number one thing that causes that is your gas cap. And so I would start with replacing the just the gas cap itself. Or maybe just tightening it first. Yeah, make sure it tightens. Make sure that it feels like it's clicking in properly. Yeah, 457 is just another leak code. Um, quite yeah, often... I, I can't do the gas because I've got one of those um, uh, fuel fills that has the, uh, the metal uh, spring. There's no gas cap. Hmm. Boy, I, I never heard you, of a car without you, you a gas cap. You know what I'm cap. talking about? So, so, you, so you open it up, there's no gas cap, and there's like a, a, a metal door. So when you put the, uh, the pump in, it pushes through the metal door. And I went and I cleaned it and, uh, you know, hmm. tried to activate the spring and, and move anything out of it. So I do not have a gas cap. Mercury Mariner. Not, not on that yeah. Interesting. That's, that's yeah. a new one on me. I've Of course, you know, I don't work on Mercury's very much at all, so... I have never, I've seen aftermarket fuel caps that had that little flapper on them. And believe it or not, most of those never seal tight enough. So we wind up having to replace them when it causes a check engine light. But if that's the way it was designed, um, you may have to go in and talk to Mercury about that to find out what's going on. Let let me interrupt here. What, What would happen if he totally ignored that? And I know we haven't talked about 457 yet, but... What would happen if he just uh, totally ignored that? Other Nothing. Than the, yeah. So the the thing to keep in mind uh, is that uh, some of these uh, flashing lights, check engine lights, are are purely about emissions. And uh, and as long as you're not concerned about our green planet uh, and what your car is doing to make it not green, it's not going to hurt your car at all. Well, it's it's a it's going to be yeah. a very minor addition to any problems yeah. like that. But yeah. Um, as long as the car is running normally, then and it's just an emissions code, I would ignore it and just you know every couple of weeks or every couple of months recheck the code to see if any other new codes have come up. Um, but basically, what you can do by yourself is look under the hood and see if there's any vacuum lines that may have become disconnected, because a, a disconnected EVAP line could also cause that code to come up. Anything that, that basically the system can't seal itself. And there's a lot of different things that can make that happen. Anything from a bad 
fuel tank itself, the charcoal canister, or one of the vacuum switching valves, or like I say, one of those hoses. Um, you'd really want to have a mechanic take a look at it if it starts to concern you. Otherwise, I would just ignore it. How uh, how involved uh, replacing that? How involved is uh, to replace that twenty five dollar evap valve? I haven't uh, investigated it yet, but um, evap valve. Uh, Usually, that's up on the engine, and you're going to see a hose come up to it, and another hose go from it into the engine. And what that does is it simply gives it a chance that when the fumes have built up the engine can turn on that valve to draw it into the engine and, and burn it. Um, it's maybe one bolt and an electrical connector and two hoses, and it's, it's done. Yeah, but you've been a mechanic for 40 years. I'm uh, exaggerating slightly. Yeah. Uh, 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 what would it cost him to have that done if he took it in somewhere? Probably an hour's labor. Okay, you're talking 125, 150 bucks. Uh, I, I try to negotiate that down. Uh, and I think you probably could just say, I've diagnosed this, I know what I want you to do, and, I, and then you keep your fingers crossed, I hope I'm right, and how, if you do this for me, I'm not asking you to say it's going to fix it, how much will you charge me? Because uh, otherwise, an hour's labor sounds cheap, but it's not cheap anymore. It's at least 125 bucks. Sounds great, gentlemen. Love the show, and always appreciate the advice. Well, thank you very much for the call, and uh, good luck. Call us back and tell, tell us how it worked out. Love to hear from you next week. Yeah, definitely. 877-960-9960. Yep. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, ladies, $50 for the first two new lady callers. We have got a great show this morning. And uh, you're a big part of it, so we'd love to hear from you. we got a great mystery shopping report coming up. You're going to love it. And uh, the mystery shop is from Wallace Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, and this is part two. So we're going to go back to Stu and check on some texts. Okay. Uh, Jonathan in Wellington has a non-car-related question. He wants to know, um, is Stu Stewart my real name? It's an odd question, but I've always been curious. I'll let Earl explain that one. <laughs> he named me Earl, so uh, I took on a nickname. So I'm Earl the Third. That guy is Earl Jr., and my granddad was was Earl Senior. Yeah. And uh, so I'm the third Earl around here. <laughs> yeah, it started, it started out as uh, we called him Tui Bird because uh, he was so cute. You know, he was like one or two years old, and he was really cute. I don't know what happened to him, but he was really cute. Trust me. Yeah. And uh, so his mom and I used to call him. Tui bird, like uh, Stewie, and then we would do the baby talk. Tui, Tui bird, and uh, and then it evolved. He got, you know, when he would graduated from college, he says, "Dad, do me a favor, quit calling me Tui bird." And I, yeah. I'm only kidding. We stopped doing that a long time ago. So now he's just Stu. Yeah, he put that on my business yeah. card when I came hey, to work for him. Hey, don't mess with his cuteness, Daddy. He's got two teenagers in the house now. One's gone to college, and he's got two teenage. Women. <laughs> yeah, I guess when your last name's Stuart, you can't avoid it. I think they called you Stu or Stewie when you were a kid. My son, who's not an Earl, he's, his name's Jake. His friends call him Stewie just because the last oh, name. Really? So, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So that's a thing, I guess, yeah. Okay, folks, we got John from Palm City. He's a regular caller. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. I want to talk about an accessory. For some reason, dealers, maybe they don't make enough money on it or whatever, 
they don't seem to offer it on new cars. And the item is wheel locks. It's a very important item. Anybody can put it in themselves. And uh, the reason for it is there's a big surge in stolen cars and accessories uh, in New York City alone. The stolen cars, it's down like se- up 70%. And what I want to ask Rick, uh, the wheel locks, what is his opinion about them? And if Rick would get a car in to be serviced and they don't have the uh, lock on the for the wheel, does Rick have a way that he can remove it without having the uh, accessibility to the locks? Uh, personally, as a mechanic, I don't really care a lot for wheel locks because they take extra time to mess with. But I understand the need for them, and they are very important so someone doesn't come and steal your wheels, which we actually had a big run of that in the Palm Beach Gardens in North Palm Beach area. Uh, just a person would come out, and their car is literally sitting on the ground with no wheels left on yeah. it. And if they are factory lug, uh, factory locking lugs, the ones that are made for Toyota by McGuard, or we do make. have a set of master keys that we can take those off. However, if they're an aftermarket set and you lose the key to them, well, it can get expensive because we actually have to use special sockets. And if those don't work, hammer and chisel. Yeah, John, my, my feeling uh, is that they are more trouble than they're worth. And of all the complaints I've heard over the many, many years I've been in this business, is uh, one of my technicians or another technician at another dealership uh, not being careful and uh, and screwing up the wheels because of the wheel locks, or they can't get it off, or uh, charge them, charge the customer extra because he lost the key. I mean, a constant source of complaints about wheel locks. Uh, I would think, and what I would do is I would uh, I would Google and go to Amazon, and all that, and find some way <clears throat> to have a theft deterrent on wheels that does not involve locking the wheels on there. Uh, I, I think uh, some of your conventional uh, thefts, auto theft deterrents, uh, would go off when you start messing them with the guy's wheels. Does anyone know about that? Uh, some of those alarms do have a sensitive enough shock sensor to, to detect that. But if you're jacking up a car, the, the alarm's going to go yeah. off, right? Not not if you're going nice and slow and smooth and you take it up real easy and oh, only really? a few inches. Okay. I I guarantee you that on your Lexus with all its security. I could take the wheels off without setting off your alarm. Yeah, my owl cam would show you uh, working around my car. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got That's the right. cam, it goes well, on. You're going to jail, Rick. You yeah, know, but you'd show a guy wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but it would also alert me in my iPhone, yeah. and I would call the police, and you'd be in jail. He, Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. He'll run out with his... Uh, anyway, we digress. John... <laughs> uh, uh, the reason I brought it up, it was an article in the New York Post. It was a Saturday afternoon, like 2.30... And the woman just had a brand-new Honda. And in the streets of Brooklyn, a good area, I think Red Hook, she came out and her floor, and believe it or not, but it was up on jacks. Now, it makes you wonder why nobody called uh, to the police. Uh, maybe they don't respond. Then. Yeah. And, uh, and the second thing uh, Rick mentioned, uh, I remember in the 90s, uh, I met a guy who worked for Wackenhut Security. And one of their biggest jobs was at night to watch, I think then it was called Schooly Cadillac, 45th 
yeah. in 95, yeah. Yeah. and they had a major problem with people coming up from Miami and uh, south and stealing the wheels on the uh, brand-new cars, yeah. wheels and tires, and that's accessible, you know, from 95, and that's before AutoNation owned the dealership. But yeah. it's an interesting thing. He said what we did for a while is we put an unmarked unit on in the area, and <clears throat> it was even more effective for some reason. He said <clears throat> what they did discover was they found a employee of the dealership, which was trusted with the keys to the um, gas uh, tanks for new cars, and they found him coming late at night <clears throat> and stealing the gas and filling up gas cans. So one never knows what they can find, and it just shows you, you know, risk involved and expenses in running car dealerships with this weather we've been having lately. <clears throat> On Route 1, I saw a used car dealership. Uh, half of the cars were pretty well flooded, not up to the uh, doors, but it makes a dealer kind of frightened, and especially in Florida, South Florida with the hurricanes, and it's just an increase in cost and insurance of a new car or used car dealer doing business. Yeah, you're right, John. Well, thank you very much. That uh, wheel lock thing is uh, certainly a problem. I, uh, you know, some of us differ on that. I think uh, uh, factory wheel locks are probably the way to go. If you do the aftermarket, I'd be worried about somebody tearing my wheels up, costing me a lot of money, but uh, it will stop the theft. I, I think about getting the uh, th the thief angered. You know, sometimes uh, even though they can't get it off, they get angry and they start tearing up your wheels. And then you come back, they didn't steal your wheels, but they ruined them. And then you got to buy a set of new wheels yourself. So Not to mention if they bash out your windows or something like that, just yeah. in a beat of anger. Yeah. So exactly. Anyway, I agree. Thank you, John. Appreciate the call. You're, you're our most loyal listener. I, I think you, you probably started with us back in the day, right? Yes. Uh, half an hour. Oh, <laughs> yes. I could remember CV Radio. Yeah. Half hour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, well, you you guys have a good day. You Thanks, too. John. Stay safe. Be well. Bye bye. Stay safe. Give us a call. You're a big part of the show. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Every week we mention Attorney General Ashley Moody, and uh, we we want to expose these uh, dealers that are really taking advantage of the consumer. Believe me, there's a lot of good dealers out there and there's well too many bad dealers so uh give her a call and uh you know encourage her to help us we can't do it alone and her number is 850-414-3300 ashley moody the attorney general she's there to protect us true all right we got some anonymous feedback i'll jump over there uh hi earl love the show dealership demo cars do dealerships get these free or at discount from the manufacturer? I'm looking at one that has 2,000 miles on it. It's a 2021, but it's only being discounted 1,500 bucks. It's got a $50,000 MSRP. How much should I try to uh, and haggle off these types of cars? Uh, we're always told the car depreciates so much, so as soon as the new car leaves the lot, uh, why wouldn't this apply to demo cars? Before uh, you get yeah. to that, Mark is back. Mark, good morning. Thank you for calling back. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Hey, I, I've already been stumped twice by I had uh, questions written down and 
They've already been asked, but here I would give it a try. So, first off, I was a little depressed that uh, this morning I'm not a female. I sure could use a 50 bucks mm-hmm. to be a first-time <laughs> caller. Anyway, the other thing was that uh, one of your callers already mentioned or Earl uh, spoke on was I thought that the car sales were going to be down, and um, I was getting ready to call in. I heard Stewie talk about uh, how the marketplace is booming. Um, I, I wouldn't have thought about that. But anyway, um, with uh, all the uh, different make and models of cars, are there any dealers that, because of the COVID situation, um, are suffering from sales? Um, my original question was, is any uh, manufacturer, you know, in question of going out of business because of a low car sales? So I guess uh, that. Not really, Mark, not really at all. Uh, the, uh, there are a few dealers that are in really high-density COVID pockets uh, where uh, intense. And, uh, and then you see, a, 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 but that's an anomaly. Yeah. You see a big market, and you'll have an area where you know for whatever reason you have a lot of COVID, and then that affects employees yeah. and, uh, and customers. But it's a it's it's a uh, not very normal at all. Manufacturers, all the manufacturers, probably are uh, thriving. Uh, in other words, there there are a lot of automobile manufacturers that are shaky. Uh, Nissan is one of them. Uh, Ford is one of them. Uh, even, uh, yeah. even yeah. And and so the the, the demand is actually helping. Uh, COVID, you know, counterintuitively, is actually helping the manufacturers. Uh, prolong their existence we're moving to an all-electric vehicle market and uh and there are a lot of them aren't going to make it and there'll be of, of all the manufacturers you see today uh i think there'll be half that amount 10 years from now and, uh, and counterintuitively as i say the covid thing's actually letting them survive a little longer right and one last thing is i've got an apology to the audience and to earl uh, months ago, when the COVID thing first started, and um, you were really pushing the issue on masks, I believe I had sent in a text to uh, uh, Stu where uh, I was questioning the effectiveness of the mask, and I thought that it was really kind of a, uh, a thing that really, uh, you know, wasn't a big deal and that I didn't believe in it. And you had commented on my uh, statement, you know, and it sounded like you were a little perturbed that, you know, uh, that you're, you're pushing it was uh, kind of useless. But uh, with all being said now and with all that's going on, I apologize. I was a little ignorant of the situation. And I obviously do now, nothing to do with the president, but for several months now I've uh, changed my feelings on masks and um you know uh, you guys push it enough but also to say to the audience you know here's a guy out here that uh, didn't believe in it that now um it was a mistake and i'm damn lucky that uh, i didn't get covid um but i do uh, with my medical situation i don't get out much but when i do get out i definitely wear my mask and to uh, you know uh, let the uh you know, the listeners know that you are right. 
I'll tell you, it takes a big, it takes a big man to admit he's wrong, and uh, I salute you for that. It's not easy. I, uh, a lot of us, including me, you know, we take a stand on something, and then it takes forever uh, to drag out uh, the fact that we made a mistake. But uh, I, I really respect you coming on the air and saying that, Mark. It's uh, a you're not alone. I mean, uh, a very large percent of the population uh, felt the same way you do, and. Hopefully now things are going to be, uh, you know, people like you will will see that uh, how important the mask, probably the single most important thing you can do is wear that mask. And, you know, one last funny thing before I go is, uh, you know, before COVID, uh, I, don't, I can't remember when the last time I really washed my hands. <laughs> you know what, right now, even being home, I guarantee you, I wash my hands a minimum 12 times a day. Good for you. Good for you. I mean, it just really is. So, Buy anyway, a nice hand cream. Thanks. Yeah, Get yeah, exactly. Now my, now my hands are getting scaly because of dryness. Hmm. But uh, anyway, you guys have a wonderful day and allowing me for, to come on and voice my opinion. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for the encouragement on the mask. Uh, I remember uh, there was a day so long ago that Earl would tease me about washing my hands. And he said, you know, he had never met anyone who washed their hands as often as I did. And now, by uh, things have changed, huh? Washing your hands can save your life the same as wearing the mask. It can save someone else's life and yours. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And Howard uh, from Jupiter is right back here and wants to speak to us. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. How are you all feeling this morning? Everything We're great, okay? Howard. That's great. Okay. Uh, I have a question about the brakes. Um, uh, can I address this uh, question to Rick? Yeah. He's listening. Okay. Uh, okay. And I have a 2017 uh, Camry. Do I have on my brake pads uh, uh, something that will alert me to the uh, brakes when they uh, when they get worn down to a certain degree, like a, a no certain noise that the, the the rotor makes? They squeal like mice. They do. Oh. <laughs> there there's little clips on each of the pads that has a little piece of metal that pokes out, and when that starts to rub on the rotor, when the pad gets super thin. It'll start making a squealing sound. Is there any visual warning or indica indicator, gauge, light, anything? There's there's no visual warnings, but just that that little metal that, when it starts rubbing on the rotor, it'll make a nice loud squealing noise. And hopefully, you're not hard of hearing. Toyota and all no. the other manufacturers, why the hell don't you come up with something that would be a visual yeah. indicator on something as important as brakes? I guarantee you. 25% uh, of the elderly population cannot hear the high-pitched noise. It's very, very high-frequency noise. Yeah, yeah. Well, but on the other hand, every time you come in for service, I'll guarantee the technicians are looking at those brakes to see if they need to be done. What if I don't come in for service and I'm in serious trouble, right? Well, but that means you shouldn't be driving your car because you'll be sitting home. <laughs> <laughs> people, people are afraid to bring their car into cargo ships because of the COVID. We love you, Rick. <laughs> My next question, uh, first question. Uh, I purchased the uh, Camry in 2016. Uh, it was a 2007 Camry. Uh, my uh, navigation system is really outdated because when I try to go to Alton uh, in Jupiter, uh, you know, 
Palm Beach Gardens, wherever it is, it, it, it does not have the uh, capability, it doesn't have that program in it. So uh, it, it's antiquated. So can I have that uh, upgraded? The navigation system. Um, it can be upgraded, but it's expensive usually because the the card that comes with that you have to change out. Toyota is very proud of those. I think they're running like $200, $150, $200 just to swap out that little memory card. Um, my best advice really is just use your cell phone with the Google Apps or uh, the Google Maps or the Apple Maps and run that right in through your uh, USB port and you'll have the nice loud sound tell you where you go, need to go on it. Uh, where is that V port? The USB port. It'll yeah. be kind of low in the center of your dash where you can plug your cell phone in and it will let oh, your music yeah, play through. Yeah. The voice will actually come through as well from your maps, but you'll have to use the cell phone screen for the maps. Oh, I understand. You got one of those holders you okay. stick in the console or the cup holder that'll hold your smartphone. Yep. And then you'll be able to look at the screen and not have to touch it. And just to be, it's better than the uh, navigation that Toyota gives you. The Google Maps is far superior to what Toyota offers, especially for the 2017. Okay, my next question is when is the 2021 uh, Camry coming out? The 2021? Uh, they're out yeah. now. The 2021 oh, Camry. Are out now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're still, it's, we're in that uh, kind of like that uh, middle phase where you still a lot of uh, 2020 models, and the 2021s are, are arriving as we speak. Okay, so what, what would be the added features or, you know, different features on the 21 compared to the 20? Um, the same exact thing. Yeah, it's not, there's not a redesign, so uh, for the most part, um, and I always um, put, a, I put a little asterisk when I say that there's, everything is the same, because occasionally there are some differences. We ran into something recently. Um, it, um, it had same body style. There was a, um, we had a customer who had at least, a, uh, I think it was a 2018 or 2017, came up for a lease, just wanted to reproduce the car, get the same version in the newer one. And we said, oh, it's exactly the same. Well, it turns out it didn't have the parking sensors on it. And uh, for some reason, they deci Toyota decided to make that available on a, on a different uh, trim level. And, uh, and that was shame on, shame on uh, me and my brother for not knowing that, but we don't get the intense training that the salespeople do. Um, but for the most part yes it's it's the same vehicle okay what are the parking sensors what, what do they do other oh, the ones when it uses little sonar um transmitters and receivers so when you get close to something it starts beeping um you know if you're parking your car you get too close to um a bush or a curb or a car next to you um it alerts you if you're getting too close howard once you get one you okay. won't want to own a car without it they're they're fantastic they're very helpful okay one other question uh I know one car manufacturer, I think Hyundai, uh, has a car now that if, uh, after a certain speed, if you're getting too close to a car, it pulls you away. Did you ever hear of that, uh, yeah. that sensor? Yeah, we have. Uh, yeah, okay. A lot of manufacturers do. Um, that's the, uh, the laser uh, cruise control. Um, so when you're actually going at, um, you know, on highway speeds and you set it, it'll actually slow down. It detects the vehicle in front of you, and you can adjust the sensitivity of that. So let's say you want to have a, a good distance between you and the car in front of you, you can adjust that. 
And if the car slows down, your car will slow down um, commensurately. Well, I can't even pronounce that word, but your car will slow down, too. <laughs> okay, what about getting close to a vehicle, having the car, uh, the, uh, car being pushed away from the vehicle? And said, yeah. In other words, yeah. the car's going straight, and you're getting close, and then uh, a sensor says you're close and pulls you away. Is that available? It'll hit the yeah. brakes for you. It stops you. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> too, too often. Yeah. Well, every, time, also has... every time I pull into my garage, Nancy gets hysterical yeah. because uh, the car stops suddenly because I didn't. Earl puts on a blindfold and lets, lets the car do it for him. Yeah. The, um, there's a couple other things, too. That's like the emergency uh, braking. Um, so if you're coming up on a car, let's say you, were, um, you weren't paying attention, you look down, um, and you're about to hit the car in front of you, the car will apply the brakes. And there's something else called um, lane keep assist, which is uh, pretty cool, too. If you start to drift, it's a little unsettling the first time you experience it. If you drift into the other lane, the sensors know you're doing that, and the steering wheel will, will turn you back towards the uh, into your lane without your intervention. And uh, it's a little creepy at first because it feels like somebody grabbed your steering wheel, but uh, when you get used to it, it's, I think it's a, it's a great tool. I don't know if it saved my life, but it's definitely uh, saved me a couple a couple of those moments, <laughs> those oh boy moments. Yeah, that, answers my, that answers my question. Now, in the 2021 Camry, are all those features available? Yes. That's that's a good. Uh, okay, great. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, Howard. You call again. Appreciate your calls. Yes, we appreciate the call, Howard. Uh, ladies, just in case you didn't hear me earlier, fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers. We'd love to hear from you. Each. Give us a call and say hello. <laughs> each, they each get one. <laughs> you don't have to split it, give 50, us, 50 bucks yeah. each. And yeah, there you go. Uh, give us a hi, or you can share some information with us. Uh, we're always ready to get new information. $50, first two new lady callers, 877-960-9960. Now back to Stu. Yeah, we had a question about um, uh, dealership demo cars or demonstrators. Um, the question was, just to recap, um, how do car dealers get these cars? Are they, do, are they given to them by the manufacturer? Do they get them at a discount? Um, and there's all kinds of demo cars, and um, Earl or I could cover that. Uh, I'll just jump in. Uh, you give us the specifics, I'll give a generality. Okay. Uh, car dealers advertise demo cars to get you in the door and sell them to you. Uh, a demo car may not be a demo car. A demo car is because the car dealer say, says it's a demo car. If they take a new car and they let uh, a customer drive it around the block, they can call it a demo car. Uh, <clears throat> there aren't very many programs that the manufacturers have. Some do, most don't. Uh, and uh, typically, the demos sell for a price equal to what the new car sells for. The car dealers make you think you're getting a discount when you don't. So that's the generality. Stu can give you the specifics. Yeah, m well, most of the demos uh, that dealerships have are just are cars that they have on their lot. They're, it's a new car that they let a uh, manager or a salesperson or an executive drive. And, um, and yeah, you should get a, um, a, d a discount on that. If they're doing it properly, they're lowering the price. We call it depreciation um, and sell it to it as a discount. Um, you... Uh, the the warranty um, is accounted for, so you're not responsible for the miles. Say you bought it, it had 2,000 miles on it. But um, you should definitely look at it as a used car because that's exactly what it is. Um, another well, kind of demo. Let me, let me interrupt there. It's, it's legally, it's not a used car. Right. And uh, 
five years from now, nobody knows that it was a demo because it doesn't appear on the title. Right. And so that, that's one thing. It's, uh, a used car is definitely worse than a demo. Um, the other thing I was going to say is uh, uh, in Florida, if a car has been driven by somebody else, a third party, there's a form that you're supposed to be disclosed. Most dealers don't do that. And uh, you get a car, and it could be a demo, and they don't tell you mm -hmm. it's a demo. Um, what I would do if I wanted to buy a demo from a customer, uh, dealer that was advertising demos, I would find the exact same new car, and I would get the best price I could on the new car. And then I would say, okay, I changed my mind. I don't want the new car. I want the one with 3,000 miles on it as a demo, and you got a sale on demos. How much less expensive will this exact same demo be than the new car? Mm -hmm. And if it's a couple thousand dollars less, then buy it. It's a good deal. Yeah. Another kind of demo actually does come from the manufacturer. They call those brass hats, and those are like, uh, for example, and I don't, uh, Toyota doesn't do this, uh, but I think General Motors did, um, Ford maybe, um, where executives, um, you know, for Ford, the, the Motor Corporation, and for GM, um, those would be sold to the dealers at a discount. Um, and they're, they call those brass hats, don't know the origin of the term. Yeah, I don't think they do it anymore, yeah. but yeah, you're right, they used to do a lot of that. Yeah, and you'd see a lot of that up in, up in Michigan and Ohio, where, the, you know, where the, these companies were located, where the, where the executives live, and they did find their way around the country into the car market, but um, I imagine those are treated the same way. But no matter what, just like Earl said, I go, you, you gotta look at it as a used car, and um, if you're buying a, a current model car, even if it's a 2021 and it has 3,000 miles on it, uh, that the value has gone down and, and your price should should reflect that okay uh, we are going to go to a first-time caller and that's Joyce who's calling us from West Palm Beach good morning Joyce good morning how are you great welcome to the show thank you yeah this is actually my first time listening too great uh, so my question is my husband has been bothering me about a truck a new truck so we're undecided with Ford or a Ram. Uh, what do you guys think is a better truck? For the a diesel. Between a Ford and the Ram? Uh, Dodge Ram, yeah. Well, as loath as I might be to say it, because I, I have a hard time <laughs> when I have to work on Fords, I would go with the Ford. I think it's a more sturdy truck. I think Ford just simply has the history and reputation with their vehicles. Ram and Dodge, unfortunately, their trucks have gone down quality-wise a bit, I think. And my only real beef with Ford, it seems like if I want to take a part off, I've got to have 17 wrenches because you got 17 different size bolts holding one part on. Yeah. But other than that, I, I honestly, I would look at the Fords. Joyce, what's your uh, what's your dad going to use the truck for? Is it commercial? Can I, can, I, I, I wanted to say I know Earl's going to say. Yeah. Let me let me jump uh, in. Oh, oh, it's actually my husband. He wants to. He's not going to use it that often. It's like a weekend truck. Oh. Uh, uh, maybe to pull a camper once we get a camper again. Joyce, uh, uh, we always recommend Consumer Reports, and I just picked pick, uh, uh, Consumer Reports up. And pickup trucks, uh, the highest ranked uh, pickup truck is Ram. the Honda Ridgeline. Number two is the uh, Ram, Ram Classic. Number three is the Ford Ranger. Number four is the Toyota Tundra. 
and, and number five is a Nissan. So uh, go to Consumer Reports online and uh, use that information for you and your husband to pick out your next truck. Uh, everybody's got an opinion about trucks, but Consumer Reports is the true authority. Yeah, that's the way to go, Joyce. Okay, great. Thank you guys so much. Okay. Stay on the line, and uh, Michael will take care of your information. Uh, speaking of Consumer Report, I want to tell you what, there's just so much information uh, they can get from Consumer Report, and you know that Earl and I talk about it all the time. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, you can uh, preview the Ford Bronco in the uh, October uh, edition, and then the uh, Best and Worst Infotainment infotainment and uh, that's pretty interesting about all those uh, symptoms and uh, the uh, technology on uh, gas uh, the gas saving that they did a study on and uh, consumer report came up with some great information and uh, if you want to save some money uh, best used cars under ten thousand dollars yes best used cars under ten thousand dollars so consumer.com get yourself a lot of information give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 don't forget your anonymous feedback would love to hear from you now back to Stu. okay uh we got a text from steve in new jersey he's a longtime uh texter and listener and uh, sometimes caller uh, it says, good morning, Earl. I'm considering applying a clear plastic 3M film to my headlights to protect them from scratching due to road debris. Uh, do you know if clear film helps retard lens clouding, uh, which can happen as the vehicle ages? I'll defer to Rick on that. As a matter of fact, uh, my pickup, I am in the middle of testing that right. over long term. I did a restore cleanup on both my headlights, left one of them just simply left it alone and put a 3m clear plastic onto yeah. the other side right so i'm comparing left to right so it's cool. you know as, as scientific as i can get it and so far right now the one with the 3m piece on it armadillo. Is, is the best one we have an armadillo alarm nobody panic <laughs> <laughs> I can explain. Earl has a ring cam. He has a pesky armadillo that's bothering him and Nancy, and he set up an alarm, and the alarm just went off. So this is real live radio. He's taking care of it. He's probably pulling the armadillo up on a security camera right now. I got to call Bush Wildlife. <laughs> yeah, we got to humanely relocate that okay. poor armadillo. You know okay, how many times they've been to our house. <laughs> yeah. I triggered the automatic armadillo trap, so we now have our third armadillo. Let's go. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. That one just caught me totally off guard. Yeah. Right. Where were we? I was, Back uh, to business. We lead an interesting <clears throat> life. Um, I was, I think I was going to read a text message. Oh. Um, Excuse me. Yeah. Before you read the text message, better. we're going to go Even to better. Linda, who's a first-time caller. Uh, welcome to the show, Linda. You're from Georgia? Uh, yes, but I'm not a first-time caller. Oh, you're not? Okay, thank you. Thank you for no. calling. Thanks for calling back. No, I'm the, sun I'm the sunshine watcher. We know who you are, sunshine. Linda. Yep, we... I know. <laughs> hey, I got, um, uh, we got a, a Highlander in the, uh, 2017. Mm-hmm. 16, excuse me, uh, 16. And, uh, can you add... Sensor to this to that car. Yes. Because my husband 
You can. You can. It's it's not cheap. Um, and the reason I, this is fresh in my memory because the the little snafu we talked about earlier, we we explored different options for the customer. Um, you can get aftermarket parking sensors on. It's about a thousand dollars retail, maybe seven hundred uh, dealer cost uh, to do. Um, they look pretty good. They they paint the little sensors so they blend into the you know to, the, to your bumpers. Um, I but I can't vouch for you know how. Uh, I know they work. I just don't know how long they are or if they're reliable or not. Um, so we ended up with the. They are pretty reliable. So Rick's giving me the nod and the thumbs up over there. Um, I guess you know it's 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 definitely cheaper than buying a new car. Um, but yeah, I think down here in South Florida they're running about a thousand dollars to install it. Install it. Yeah, that's not too bad. Because no. my husband went, ran into a pole at the bank, and so we've got a bit of damage to the bumper and all that stuff. Yeah, it's cheaper so than damaging your car. <laughs> sure. Absolutely, definitely. So we might have to look into that. Yeah. That's but, the boo-boo um, you were talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, you sent me the pictures, Lynn. That's right, I forgot. Um, oh, yeah. I'll send those to Jonathan if he wants to work something on the video later. Maybe we can work the pictures into the, what happened, but... Um, yeah, it looked like a pretty pretty nasty little hit there, and it wasn't going to be cheap. I guess you have to well, you have to take care of well, your, the, your deduction, and so the one person said it would cost um, two thousand dollars to have it fixed. Yeah. So then we went to uh, we decided to to go with the uh, insurance company, and they checked it out, and a lot of the pictures were from them, right. and they said it was going to be like eight hundred and fifty dollars just just the labor, but wasn't. No parts had to be replaced. Yeah. How many prices did you get on that, Linda? Um, just, the, just the uh, just, just one. Two. Well, one from the adjuster and one from the insurance company. Okay. You got a third one to get. That's what I keep telling my husband, but you know. But you decide you're going to go through insurance, right, Linda? Uh, we thought about it because it's cheaper doing it that way yeah, and they would waiver the five hundred dollars that was the um deductible oh good then that sounds like a pretty good solution for you and then you yeah. invest in some parking sensors so it never happens again that's right <laughs> or, or drive it with me in it all the time which is impossible okay guys well linda are you gonna uh, yes. are you are you gonna take tina's place can i expect a call uh, from you every week no. <laughs> because to my knowledge, I, it's been a long, long time since you've called. So we need, I know. we're looking for Tina. I know her schedule's changed, but uh, maybe maybe you can commit. But she's, she's more knowledgeable about cars and stuff. I'm not. I just act goofy. Well, you can, you can wing <laughs> well, we it. we love you anyway. Wing it. <laughs> Linda, it was great talking to you. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks. I got my puppy dog laying in the bed with me right next to me. I'm jealous. I tried to keep warm in my blanket. <laughs> oh, how wonderful. Have a great Saturday. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. 877 Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Back to Stu. Okay. I feel like I'm hogging all the time. we have any comments on our YouTube channel? We actually have a couple right now. Right. Um, I got two of them that I can kind of mix together for RM and Guy Larrabee. RM is asking, I'm thinking about buying a 2020 Highlander. Should I wait to the end of the year or buy now? And is there much of a difference between the 20 and the 21? 
And Guy is actually asking along with it, uh, does Toyota offer any manufacturer to dealer incentives to move the 2020 models to make room for the 21s that can be used by the dealer to lower the price of the car? End of the year. That's the, that's when they they get the best. Now the the only thing that you risk by doing that, and it's uh, is they they don't make room for. I mean these the the twenty twenty ones come out for some models at one point in the year, and the twenty twenty it's there's no consistency to it. Um, the only thing you risk is if there is a dwindling supply of the old ones, the the older ones, the twenty twenties that will have bigger rebates. The, the newer cars will not have these manufacturer to dealer incentives. But most manufacturers, and Toyota in particular, has this, this uh, at the end of the year, they call it Toyota-thon, and they just crank up the incentives on everything, and they try to get a big sales boost um, before the year ends. And so that legitimately is the best time to buy um, a Toyota, and it starts in the second half of November, and it goes into the first couple of days of January. And I imagine most manufacturers have something similar, too. It's just a big end of the year. Uh, you know, blow out. It sounds corny, but they actually do make the incentives better. And then I, what, I, I, what I'll add to that is that the reason the manufacturers are offering the incentives is because they can't sell the current inventory fast enough to make room for the new model, right. so they have to offer the incentive, and they're able to do that because the cars are worthless. Cars depreciate. Even a new car sitting on a lot for a year depreciates. Mm -hmm. It depreciates a lot faster when you drive it off the lot, but if you drive buy a 2020 vehicle, new vehicle in uh, in 2020 uh, or if you don't buy it at the beginning of the year or the end of the year, it still depreciates for for a full year. Yeah. People don't know 3 years from now what time of year you bought it. I mean, they say, "Well, this is 2024 and this is a 2020 car." So it's a four-year-old car. You say, yeah, but I bought it at the end of 2020. It's really only three years. Who cares? Yeah. What's the mileage? That's important. That's the only thing. What, what, yeah. it, what is it on paper? So my overall recommendation is buy the, Newer the newest vehicle that you can. If you have to wait a couple of months to get a 2021, 20, uh, wait a couple of months to get the 2021. Uh, and if you buy the 2020 now, 2021's come out. You got a year-old yeah. car, and you had, the, you know, yeah. and you haven't done yeah. anything. Now, if you're leasing the car, it's a totally different situation. Yeah. Um, that that doesn't matter. Um, and during these big year-end things, they'll also uh, yeah. you know, put out some pretty attractive, really, you know, those lease things. But then we also warn you too that still that can be a trick bag because they put out a lease incentive. It looks great, yeah. and there's all sorts of pitfalls. And um, Man yeah, manufacturers' yeah. car incentives are uh, almost mainly for the dealer. Uh, the dealer is going to keep that incentive if he can do it. Remember, when you come to a car dealership, everybody that comes in, if Rick and Jonathan and Stu and Nancy and I go into the same car dealership uh, on five different days to get a price on the exact same vehicle, we'll each get a different price. Yeah. And the one that was the best negotiator who did their homework or whatever they did, True Car Costco, they'll get the lowest price. The average person, the range on the exact same car over a week period, would be typically three to four thousand dollars. So, who cares about a thousand dollar incentive from the manufacturer? What you're doing is you're paying. Maybe the reason they make a lot of money on that car because it did have a manufacturer's incentive that you didn't know about. And when you signed all the papers in the finance office, you signed a form that says 
All incentives come to the dealer. So you waved away the, the incentive that she didn't even know about. Uh, and the dealer got the money, and he made an extra thousand dollars on the car. So it isn't something you should be thinking about. Think about uh, buying a fresh car for as little as you can, and do your homework and and do your uh, uh, true car Costco. The, the yeah. yeah, it's everything that we advise on the show can get better w with big incentives, but you still have to go through the process. N never think that the dealer is going to take care yeah. of your of your good price for you. If yeah, they can't keep the incentive, they will. Yeah. As a matter of fact, let, let's. No matter what, even if the dealer gives you the um, uh, the incentive, you're still signing away that right uh, to that incentive. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, you still got to negotiate the out-the-door price. Yeah. yeah. Um, Earl wrote a, a great column uh, on leasing, and you might want to take a look at that. Boy, you really have to be careful when you're leasing, as the guys just stated. Uh, Earl on cars, a great, great column. Yeah, all um, fine print. All fine print, every advertisement, TV, online, yeah. newspaper, fine print always says this all incentives to the dealer yeah so that makes it as uh, that levels the playing field there's no advantage the dealer gets the incentives and he's advertising the price so let the games begin absolutely uh frank give us a call back we'd love to hear from you uh, i think that uh you're i think that's frank from jupiter farms i'm not sure but give us a call Give us a call back, 877-960-9960. And the text uh, number is 772-497-6530. Now back to uh, Stu. Okay, anonymous feedback. Uh, this is a good one. Has Toyota fixed the white paint peeling issue for the 2021 models? Probably not. I'll turn that over to, to, to you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I hope so for the 2021 models. I mean, uh, they're painting a huge number of cars. And we're no, very, we we're very that, happy about we that. We hope they don't fix it. Because they're, <laughs> yeah, they're paying us a lot of money in our body shop uh, to paint these cars. But uh, it's for the older models, and I think the 2021s, i got to believe they fixed it. And I think they fixed it for the 2020s. I so, hope so. Yeah. Well, they're not on the on the list, on the uh, list yeah. but we'll we'll see as they come, you know, as they yeah. keep coming along. Yeah. It's interesting because for years and years and years, it wasn't the pearl paint that was the issue. It was that white flat, the 040 paint that faded. Um, and then there's a, another issue with the with the pearl paint peeling off yeah. a lot of. You know what you could do if you think you have a paint problem, you take some uh, masking tape, and you take it on the flat surfaces of your fender, uh, your hood. It's like even your roof. It's like waxing your car. Yeah, yeah. And, and put the, put the masking tape on there, <laughs> and and then peel it off. And if the paint comes with the masking tape, you have a problem, and uh, you can have the manufacturer repair that if it's a Toyota, uh, but you have to uh, if. Let's put it this way: If if the paint comes out with masking tape, even though it hasn't come off, you know, up until now, there's something wrong with your paint, and that's that's the test. Yes. That's the test that we use when someone comes in with a problem. We we use the masking uh, tape uh, t test. It typically happens where the sun is down at 90 degrees mm -hmm. and it tends to deteriorate. Got some defective it. paint there. Uh, we're going to go to Frank. Thanks for calling back, Frank. Welcome to the show. Yes. Well, thank you guys. Good morning. Good morning. I always love listening to your show because it triggers some memories that might have happened to me way in the past or, in this particular case, in the recent past, when you're talking about armadillos and cars and things like that. <laughs> so, so, so here's, here's my story, and at the end there is going to be a question um, the best way to handle this. But I came back two weeks ago, and my pickup truck, I noticed, had the windshield wiper pulled out, like open. You know how they 
people sometimes do that to clean around there. And yeah. I go, wonder who messed with my windshield wiper. So um, when we played back the um, security cameras, I noticed that some young black buzzards were in my yard, um, dozens of them actually, for whatever reason. And they started attacking the truck. Hmm. Um, they, they actually got up on the hood and they started pulling on the wiper blade. And then when the wiper blade <laughs> sprung open and stayed out, they all flew up in the air like they were scared. Oh, and for about the next 35 to 40 minutes, five of them were on the, on the hood, chewing the rubber that goes um, between the, um, you know, the cover over the wipers and the wiper motors and windshield washers. Wow. And they yeah. really destroyed. They destroyed. I mean, it's it's. There's a lot of big holes. Um, I'm sorry. One, and then they were attacking the. They were attacking the rims. They the chrome rims. They saw their their picture their pictures in the rims, and they were attacking that. I mean, you know how one of the commercials with um what's that one insurance company on? Um, um, the farmers, farmers insurance. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this would be a perfect thing for their um for their advertisement. <laughs> Wow. But here's my, my question to Rick. Um, with that rubber um, protection device, is that really important to get that? It's $500 for the parts, for the two pieces. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, is it really important to have that? Or is, is it really going to stop the rain, or is the windshield sealed more underneath that? Is it more like a decorative? Well, the windshield is sealed, but that cowling under there helps keep debris from getting down into the metal wiper tray underneath. And it can actually go and plug up the drains at the bottom, and then the water wouldn't be able to drain out, and you'd wind up with some serious rust issues. Oh, boy. Okay. I guess and then my next question is, would that be, cons because I only have $100 deductible, so it wouldn't be that much out of pocket. Although I hate to, I've switched from USA after 40 years to GEICO, and um, so I hate to have a you know new claim on a policy I have yeah. for a few months. Yeah. You need some bird security. <laughs> Earl and I that can set true. you up. <laughs> but, um, anyway, that that's it. Like I said, you guys trigger a lot of different thoughts and uh, memories, and, and I, I don't think anyone's ever had buzzards attack their um, vehicle no, before. That's a new one. I'd love to hear the conversation with your insurance company when you told them what happened. Yeah. Say, I think, well, I'd love to I'd show you. Hey, I think this guy's been drinking. He says, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm laughing. That that's one you need to put on YouTube. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you guys. As always, we enjoyed listening to you. Hey, Frank, go to our Facebook page and take a look at that armadillo that was scared to death from the sprinkler. Um, it, it's it's real. It's called a reflector, I think, isn't it, Earl? Yeah. <laughs> it's truly funny. Oh boy. Okay. Well, thanks for being care, uh, part of the show. We love hearing from you. Thanks, Frank. 877-960-9960. We still have some time, some phone calls. Yeah, and uh, also, uh, the ladies, remember, we have uh, $50 for the first new lady caller. Uh, so give us a call, or you can text us at 772-497-6530, and we're going to go to Rick. Yeah. Uh, from John Strine, are you aware of any dashboard redesign in the works to do away with the afterthought of a screen in the middle of the Toyota dashes. He says, I dislike the screen, it looks out of place. He wanted to buy a Toyota for his daughter. She took one look at the dash and said no and bought a Honda instead. And he's looking, would like to buy a RAV4 in 21, but he doesn't like that screen right. 
digging in the dash. And the, the trend is, I don't know, the, the answer is no, there's not current plans. I mean, obviously in the future that could change. That seems to be a trend, and I think Tesla might have started that. So instead of, I think they're talking about the way the screens almost look like you've kind of affixed a tablet to the, you know, it's not like yeah. integrated in and it kind of sticks out. It, it looks like it should be a removable iPad that you could simply disconnect and take with you somewhere. Ooh, that would be pretty cool. Now but, that, that would be cool, yeah. but it's... But we're seeing that in a lot of the manufacturers. I guess Honda's is different. Yeah. Um, um, That's the reason we love Honda, yeah. because they are great cars, great competitors, and they keep, uh, you yeah, know, we're Toyota dealers, so... We, it keeps Toyota sharp. Yeah. Sometimes Toyota has something that makes Honda look silly, and Honda makes a positive change for the better, and vice versa. So competition makes the world go around. We love it, and it keeps everybody sharp, but uh, you can't go wrong. And uh, uh, we just checked the pickup trucks, Honda Ridgeline. Uh, it kind of surprised me for the small pickup truck. Uh, Consumer Reports number one. Uh, uh, recommended uh, truck. So, yeah, shop around. Uh, sometimes, you know, you don't say I'm a Toyota person, I'm a Ford person, I'm a Chevy person. When you go out to shop, buy your new car, check out and see what's new. Things change. And the car that you've been buying all these years, there's probably a better one out there from another manufacturer. So, shop and compare. Yeah. I'm looking at pictures of the, like the Accord interior. I don't know if it's all the models. But it looks like they're kind of going along with the same trend as well. It's a great-looking interior, by the way. This is a 2020 Honda Accord. Yeah. But they have the similar mm. thing where it looks like there's a, uh, a, a like an iPad affixed uh, up on the radio. But yeah. like I said, it's the trend. Okay. What else we got? Any more YouTubes? How about? Uh, we're clear right now. Okay. Um, we have a, a question here uh, on a text that says, "Does Toyota make any more vehicles with bench seats in the front?" My last Avalon, uh, 1998, had a steering wheel mounted shifter and a front bench seat. I remember those. Um, they don't anymore, but yeah. they, they did that back in the 90s. It's a safety mm -hmm. issue. I think they found out that the restraint uh, that you have in the crash uh, with a, being cupped into a bucket seat mm -hmm. is, uh, I, I love the bench seats too, but think about it, you're sliding all over the place in a bench seat and uh, you, you, know, you can no more truly put three feet, three people anywhere uh, in front or rear yeah. because they don't have bench seats anymore yeah that's right uh what is a balloon payment is that anything like a lease and is it something car dealers still offer and that's from susan <coughs> in north palm beach well that's a that's a goldie oldie uh balloon payments used to be a big deal and car dealers stumbled on those and they would advertise a low payment and the, the fine print said uh on your, your 36 payment is eleven thousand uh, dollars because that's a balloon payment and they just take a big chunk of your uh, uh, total cost of the vehicle and uh, give you little bitty payments for you know maybe a hundred dollars a month of total 36 months and then you get the bill for eleven thousand dollars and you have a heart attack and that's the way that happens but mm. uh, uh, sometimes there's still some uh, uh, things out there like that and you have to be careful uh, but no I haven't seen a true balloon payment advertised mm -hmm. in a long time. Yeah. Um, I remember it was when I first came to the business, late 90s, I remember seeing those as an option. Um, yeah. It quickly faded out. So not in this century <laughs> is yeah. the answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we have a question from Scott. It says, hi, this is Scott. Uh, are Toyota commercial vans or buses available in the U.S.? I see Nissans, Ford's GM vehicles all over the place, but no Toyotas. What gives? Um, I don't think it. they are. I mean, I know there's a Pro Ace, which is like a cargo van, which is really cool looking. Uh, there's one called a Coaster, which is a big bus. Yeah. 
and that's overseas. I know in Latin America, UK, Europe, they have them, but I don't see them here. And I did have a, uh, a friend of mine uh, that I grew up with who has 13 kids. You heard that right, he's 13 kids. He's looking for a Toyota Coaster, which is a big bus that he rented down in Costa Rica. And he asked for my help years ago trying to import one uh, in the States, and we were unable to do that. Yeah, it costs the manufacturers a huge amount of money to build a car that meets all American uh, specifications. The uh, United States has uh, stricter requirements in terms of emissions, safety, and everything else. So be glad you're buying a car in America. Uh, you know, I'm not waving the flag. I'm just saying they build, the manufacturers here have to build a better car, gas mileage, uh, emission control and safety and if you build the exact same car visually in Australia or Europe or anywhere else uh, you can't bring that car to the US in most cases because it won't miss it won't make the uh, crash test it won't make the emissions test all right got another test uh, text uh, what happens to all the unsold new cars sitting at dealer lots Example of a 2019 brand new Volkswagen that never has been driven or sold. Do they sit at dealers until they're sold? Or are they auctioned off? Since the car is two years old, do you subtract two years of depreciation? That's a great question. It's a great. I've always said I've been a car dealer for over 50 years, and it's it's you know it's funny with the manufacturer they sell every car they build right away, and the way they sell every car is they make the dealers take the cars, so they crank out all these cars and they shove them down the dealer's throats and they sit on the lot. Now the dealer, he's got to find a real buyer and they just sit there and uh, some of these cars sit there till the tires are square, the batteries are dead mm. and they forget they're there, just sloppy management. And so what do they do? They tell the salespeople, okay, we got to get rid of this 2019 Honda. You know, or 2021s are coming out. Uh, anybody that sells that uh, car there that I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole because it's too old, God only knows what's happened to the car. Put them in the car or you're fired. On, yeah. So, <laughs> so, but we'll pay you $500 or maybe $1,000. Or more. We call those flat commissions. And so you come in, you've done all your homework, and you want to buy a new 21, 2021 Honda, and the salesman says, have I got a deal for you? Okay. Uh, follow me. This little beauty is a bargain. And he tells you everything he can to make you buy that car because he's going to get an extra bonus of $1,000 to sell you that car. That's the reason when you go into any car dealership, be sure you know exactly the year, make, model car you want to buy. Don't vary from that. The salespeople are incentivized to sell you the cars that they can't sell easily. And they can make a lot more money selling you a car. Our mystery shopping report coming up, very interesting. Uh, the salesperson tried very hard to sell our mystery shopper a red car. Now, a red car mm. is okay to people that love red, but it's not on the top popularity list of exactly. colors. Exactly. Yeah, it attracts yeah. buzzards. <laughs> well, we've talked about that many times. Not, um, not popular. No. There's, there is, like, it's funny, um, you know, in my entire history I, we've never not sold uh, you know a new car it didn't never stay there forever but there are times where there is it gets a little bit more de desperate you asked about the auction um, yeah sometimes that happens uh, we've had uh, we've sold a new cars at the auction that were older in most cases if, if there was damage I remember we had a big uh, vent tower fall on a Highlander during a hurricane and uh, you know we, we had you had to disclose the damage we repaired it 
but nobody really wanted that car. We ended up selling it and taking a loss um, at the auction. And then there's the other issue with manufacturer incentives. At some point, as the car gets older, they start increasing the rebates and all that. At some point, they're done with it. They move on, yeah. and they give the dealer what's called a final payout. And yeah. so they another, should apply that. But Another dirty trick. You refuse yeah. to get rid of old cars. We're, doing, we're telling war stories now. I'll tell them one of my favorites. Uh, I have a very good friend that bought a new car from me. And uh, when he took it home after a couple months, he called me up and he says, Hey, Earl, I got a problem. What? I got rats in my car. <laughs> I says, Bring it in. Let's check it out. Sure enough, you had rats yep. chewed up everything. And uh, they, we weren't our, they weren't our rats. They weren't our rats. <laughs> so uh, we found out that another Toyota dealer uh, had dealer traded. We had swapped cars with his other dealer. And uh, it had rats in it. It was Treasure Coast, and it had a, like, yeah. a, a, so, a so dirt we, lot. So we incentivized our inventory manager to get rid of the car, and we went back and traded it back to the other dealer. So there, there's a dirty story that probably is going to get me in trouble for telling. So but, many stories. But, uh, I have a question for you. Has red always been an unpopular color? I remember in the early no, 80s. No, the convertible I, is very popular. It depends I read, on the model. I, I, I drove a red Celica convertible, yeah. and everyone was trying to get one. Well, that's that's the perfect car for the sports car, convertible. That would be, be expected to have something yeah. like that. Like our first, that super special edition was bright red. Looks great, but it, would be, it wouldn't be great on a... The, a red RAV4 is not a, uh, a popular... The police love a red... Oh, convertible. I learned that quickly. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> All right. Uh, good morning, everyone. John here from California. Uh, this is touching on what Rick was talking about. Um, I have a friend that tried the 3M headlight film, and it ended up turning yellow as well. Um, mm. There's a video by Chris Fix uh, in Sweet Project Cars on YouTube that helps with that issue, so it might be worth looking into. Mm. All right. Thanks, John. Well, and as I say, I'm, I'm in the middle of the test. Right. I'm letting it go for... That's several right. months to really get a good idea on it. Rick is doing a Jinchi Jambutsu. He's going and seeing for himself. Yep. Exactly. All right, let's jump over to a anonymous feedback. Uh, this is a sad story. I'll get through it as quickly as I can. It says, I got a 2002 Ram 2500 two-wheel drive pickup from Credit Acceptance Corp for $7,000. I traded in my 94 Ram 1500, and I got 1500 for it. Um, after I signed the contract, I got a letter in the mail from the place I got the vehicle saying the vehicle price was really $11,000, not seven. And not even a week after getting it, the motor locked up. The rear end went out. I called the bank that the company went, uh, that the, the bank that the company went through that sold me the truck and was told uh, that was sold as an as-is vehicle. I got looking through my contract that was printed and they have black bars over signed lines. Um, so, I, so just under six grand later, that he put it, he spent six grand getting it running, and driving, uh, but now the transmission is slipping. I still owe $10,000 on it. Does anyone know, is there any legal action I can take? Please let me know. I find a good consumer, a lawyer, uh, maybe that specializes in automobiles, and uh, see, what, uh, see what he can do. I think that uh, uh, there's, uh, there's some room there. Uh, as is, warranty means uh, that you bought it with all of the defects, etc. But there's a, another rule from the Federal Trade Commission that trumps as is warranties. Uh, any, any, any vehicle, any product, when sold, if I sell you a bottle of Purell, then even though it's sold as is, 
there's a there's something called a warranty it's of merchantability, meaning that the Purell has got to do what you advertise it'll do. A car is advertised to transport you. If you buy a car that will not transport you, then you can sue for the fact that they violated that warranty. But it's a long shot. Find, a, find an attorney that'll take it for you on contingency, and we'll give you a free consultation. All right. More anonymous feedback. Um, <laughs> Is a good one. I must admit that I have never laughed so hard during your mystery shop of Wallace and Stewart. Um, as a Gold Star parent, uh, for this dealership to be minimizing a service member's service to this country is a disgrace. How do how do they think a sergeant in the army would have time to be a farmer, to already own a jeep at the same time? A sergeant's pay is about thirty-five thousand dollars per year. He'd have no use to belong to a credit union because he'd have no money left out of his paycheck to put in the bank after he got done paying for his current jeep. You are right, Ashley Moody needs to put a stop to deceptive advertising in this state. Wow. Yeah, you know, I, I just have, I, Rick's got a YouTube that we'll get to in a second, but I wanted to say that um, we talk about Ashley Moody all the time, and uh, I had a call, uh, email, I Stu saw it, uh, I'm not going to mention the media, uh, uh, a major local media uh, reporter, uh, news reporter, uh, contacted me, and he wants to talk about uh, the hidden fees and some of the other uh, uh, skullduggery going on by car dealers. And he mentioned uh, the Attorney General, why the Attorney General isn't doing anything. So there's a local media person that wants to do a story, and uh, uh, unfortunately this person's going to have to clear it with his editor and probably the advertising department of you know, his media company that I won't mention, uh, because uh, they don't like to do negative things about local car dealers because the car dealers like to advertise uh, in the media. And uh, those stations and those TV channels and those other sources out there of media that will actually run a negative, a true a true negative story, gotta be true, about a local company, they got a lot of courage. That's what calls, that's journalism, that's ethics, that's honesty. But uh, my guess is I'll never hear from this reporter again because his editor will shoot it down. Ashley Moody is sitting on her hands, doing nothing, and uh, she should be uh, called out for it by the media. That's the only thing that gets their attention, is the media. That's right. All right, Rick? Uh, Mark Blanchard's got a comment for Linda with her damaged bumper. He says she should have it removed to make sure they have no hidden damage, and once she gets the proper price, while the bumper's off and they're getting a new one, have the sensors installed then. It, by mixing the two together, she may save a little bit of money from the body shop. Great wow. idea, Mark. Thank Great you, Mark. idea. Yeah. yeah. That's the reason I love this show. I mean, wow. we get, so we have a, it's a think tank. Our listeners, our, our viewers, and we're all in this great uh, think tank, and we trade ideas, and some of them are fantastic, like that one. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. And I've got uh, Richard Poplis is asking, what color is the hardest and the easiest car to sell? That's easy. What color? What color? Oh gosh, it depends yeah. on the model. I mean, what, uh, what, I, you see silver? these day glow yellows and greens, and yeah, they look terrible. But in certain cars, like a Jeep, a day glow orange Jeep is probably a, a great seller. Yeah. You put that on a uh, family sedan, and you couldn't give it away. Right. The question: What's the easiest color to sell? What's the hardest and what's the easiest? Oh, he's, Earl's got the right one with the day glow color. <laughs> if it's yeah. the hardest and the easiest, yeah. it's, white, uh, it's white. White, yeah. yeah. You can sell a white anything. Yeah, yeah, they look great. Or black anything. I think black and white, yeah. you can sell anything. with yeah. a Silver. Yeah. yeah. 
and then you start going to the other colors. All right, anonymous feedback. Earl, I really question your business sense. Hmm. You've lost my business forever. Oh, jeez. I've purchased four vehicles from you since the early 1990s. Hmm. I always dealt with Terry Chapin. Hey, Terry. Um, who always gave me a personalized deal and generous discounts. That's what you think. I'm just kidding. <laughs> your team is now your team is now very nice and well informed, but refused to budge off the price. I asked your son if he was willing to lose a customer over a few hundred dollars, and his answer was that he gives everyone his best price. I don't believe it. You couldn't stay in business that way. It's a shame how things have gone downhill. I'm very sorry. Well, it's interesting, and, and we still have a few diehards like this person, a nice guy, uh, probably a great negotiator. And if you're a great negotiator, uh, you don't have a problem with dealer games. You go in there, you're tough, uh, you're, you're, you're learned, uh, you're informed, and you beat the salesman to death, and you go to another dealership and you do the same thing, and you buy some cars at great prices. So there's a, maybe a 5%, I don't know what percent of the population, are really, a lot of them are lawyers. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, there are people out there that can get a great price by negotiating. If you do, then by all means, go out there and negotiate hard and beat the beat the, the salesman and and get a great deal. If you're smart, it'll work. Uh, but 95% of the population doesn't want to do that. So we do. We put our lowest price on every vehicle. Or we're the only dealership I know that does this, and uh, we encourage people to take yeah. that price to the competition and mm -hmm. beat it. And, if you can, and you can beat our price sometimes. Uh, not normally, because we do sell more cars than most dealers, but obviously we don't sell all the cars. So uh, it's a great place to shop and compare. Take our price, like this gentleman did, scolded me, just did, and he can take our lowest price and take it to uh, two or three other dealers and get a lower price. Okay. Just be sure you're not having any hidden fees or games, mm -hmm. as long as you're getting a real honest price, buy it. Yeah. That's competition. That's that's the way mm -hmm. I buy things on Amazon. Nancy and I every day. We just bought a hot dog machine the other day. <laughs> we, and we shopped around. <laughs> we got a really good deal on the hot, uh, hot dog machine. There were no hot dog machine fees, no hidden fees. No. There was no deal. Right. There were no extra accessories. And I'll tell you what, folks. We exactly. live an exciting life. Yeah. <laughs> they, they put those in the bars. They're called dog fees. It was so much fun. <laughs> or dog fees. Are dog fees or dog fees? Yeah. I, I think we're going to be consuming a lot of hot dogs. But back to uh, the uh, text uh, compare yeah. compare 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 yeah. and uh, you, you know should, you should have shopped Terry Chapin's price that's that was, that'd be my <laughs> price <laughs> all right Terry ripped me off I bought a Corolla oh no <laughs> I'm kidding I paid a dealer fee all right that was a long time ago all okay. right uh, Terry didn't rip anybody off Terry's a great guy um, Oh, he did, but they loved him. Well, Terry gave a very personalized service. He'd sit down yeah, with you yeah, for six yeah. hours at his desk and talk about golf. Yeah. And we love Terry. We miss him. Um, more anonymous feedback. Um, I understand that you are about 80 years old, Earl. While I am pleased to see that you're wearing a mask, I'm concerned that you are exposing yourself to unnecessary risk by working in a busy car dealership and a small production studio for your radio show. I've also been told of various Earl sightings in the recent weeks. Is that a thing? What now? Earl sightings, like you're, when you're spotted oh, in the absolutely. wild. Oh. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I've been well, told of various Earl sightings in recent weeks. Considering that the most powerful man on the planet was unable to avoid infection, aren't you concerned for your and your wife's health? Of well, we, first of all, we, we all are, are tested. And we, uh, we have uh, 
We're tested. Uh, yeah, that's what Trump said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're, we're tested bi-monthly. Uh, uh, we, uh, we are wearing a qualified mask, and uh, uh, we, uh, the studio is disinfected before and after. Uh, we carry this with us. Uh, we carry this with us. I'm holding up Lysol disinfected wipes, and I'm holding up Purell. It uh, smells like a doctor's office. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're ultra <laughs> careful. Yeah. You know, we don't just walk in here free and easy. Yeah. There's a lot of work uh, behind all of this. Well, and thank keeping you for us, your concern. I, yeah, I mean, I, keeping, us, yeah. uh, keeping all of us safe yeah. because there's, uh, there's three other people in here with us, and Earl and I are close to 80. Well, Earl's closer to 80 than I am. I'm closer to 78. Uh, but believe me, we do. Uh, we are quarantined at home. We work from the office. We definitely don't go into the dealership. And uh, we couldn't be any more quarantined. We're very, very careful. Well, we, we could be. You know, we, life oh, goes on. on. Life, oh. life goes on. And, we, and yeah, we could stop doing well, the show. Uh, we could never go and leave the house. And we could, uh, you know, we're, live the rest of our lives yeah. well, uh, locked in our, our homes. But, yeah, everything is a calculated risk, and we try to minimize it. Unlike, we're, we're dealing with the yeah. new normal, and yeah. we're doing it well, and we're doing it. We're, fortunately, you know, we are so set up at home uh, for the dealership that we don't even have to leave uh, that office. So we're very blessed with that. But believe me, we're concerned about uh, the people that were around and were around very, very little. But we do have to live this new normal. So that's it. Before I get to the next one, just uh, real quick, without at risking being political, I can assure you that the Earl and Nancy take more precautions than uh, the White House did. <laughs> I was just from my, ex my observation experience, they're very, very yeah. careful. Um, here's a, uh, another anonymous feedback. It says, good morning, Earl. My pea brain is lost on the intent of the out-the-door price affidavit. And last week's show, a caller asked when to break out the affidavit. You said just before signing papers. I thought the purpose is to get, uh, is to get the hold the, get, I'm sorry, it doesn't make sense, get the dealer, hold the dealer to the quoted price during the quoting step when there are, when there are uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Please clarify the use of the affidavit because okay, this makes the, no sense. Okay, the, the, the Althador Price affidavit is a tool. Uh, even if you don't get it signed, which I think it would be very difficult, uh, most uh, businesses, if you go into the Apple store, if you go into Walmart, and you have a legal document, and you walk up to the sales clerk, and you say, would you please sign this, they're going to say, I can't. I'm not allowed to sign things for Walmart. I'll have to take it to my supervisor. Take it to the supervisor. I can't sign things either. So it's going to be a difficult thing to get signed. Not impossible, but difficult. But the mere fact that you had the affidavit and you explained what it was, the explanation is almost as valuable and important as the uh, signing. You're not going to get it signed, I think, in many cases. But if you say, this affidavit says that the price you're giving me is the price I can write my check out for, hand it to you, get in my car, and go home. That is simple and understandable. And when you alert them to that, you have communicated exactly what you want to communicate. Don't worry about getting the affidavit signed. Submit it, ask them to sign it, and then explain it the way I just explained it, and you have had the full power and impact of getting an out-the-door price. There you go. And really quick, there's only two. We're we'll all caught up when we get to the mystery shopping report. Um, 
there's two questions, one anonymous feedback, one's a text. Both are about new car warranties. So the first one says, on new car warranties, what is normally not covered, especially in electrical and high-tech items? On every, a new car manufacturer, it's covered. The only thing not covered in a new car warranty are the tires. And that's the reason I get mad when they call it a bumper-to-bumper -bumper warranty because the last time I checked, the tires are between the bumpers. That's right. And they do not cover the tires. The tires are covered by the tire manufacturer. That's right. And then the last question, we're all caught up, says, are manufacturer warranties transferable? For example, if I purchased a used 2019 car and it still had little miles, will it still have the warranty? Yeah. The, the, the warranty goes with the vehicle, not the customer. Exactly. Okay, uh, we are getting close to the Mystery Shopping Report, and uh, we'd love to hear how you feel about the Mystery Shopping Report. So uh, text us with your vote at 772-497-6530. And uh, that Mystery Shopping Report is from Mystery Shop of Wallace Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Part 2. Well, welcome to the second part of our look into the new car advertising of Wallace Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. And we'll call that Chrysler Jeep for the rest of the report. It's a tongue twister. Why Chrysler doesn't change names, I don't know. You know. Why do they do that? Bad advertising, bad marketing. To recap, last week, Agent Thunder investigated an online ad from Wallace Jeep that promised a really low payment. Now, most of you know Agent Thunder is our male undercover agent. Um, a really low payment on a new 2020 Jeep Cherokee. Uh, that was a Laredo, the Laredo, right? Yes. Uh, we knew as soon as we saw the ad that it was probably a bait and switch. Well, when Agent Thunder went to Wallace to find out, we were surprised to see how old school the salesperson and sales manager got. Almost every trick in the book was used to switch Thunder, and that's our secret you know, undercover agent, from the bait. Impossible to get rebates the offer being available on a particular unit, uh, just absolutely old school is like 20th century. If you bought, if you bought a, a Jeep in 1950, you'd go through the same sort of shenanigans that this is going on there at Wallace Jeep and Stewart. Uh, it was disheartening to put Wallace Jeep on our do not recommend list, which we did last week. For the most part, over the years, the Wallace Group uh, distinguished itself from other dealers and occupied more spots than anyone else on our recommended list. And the Wallace Group is about eight or 10 stores, uh, quite a few dealerships in the Martin County area. We returned to Wallace this week for two reasons. First, we wanted to offer them a second chance to redeem their poor performance from last week. Bill Wallace is a kind of a friend of mine. I've known him for 50 years or longer. And uh, his family has been in business. Uh, his father, Earl Wallace. So I, you know, he li I like the guy and he's an honest guy and he runs a good business. So we went back uh, mainly to get them to redeem themselves. Themselves, I thought word would get back to Bill Wallace. Bill Wallace would choose somebody out of the dealership and say, what, what were you thinking? This is not the way we treat our customers. So we went back to see that happen. Second, we wanted to see if a woman, and we used Agent Thunder, now we're using Agent Lightning, uh, to see if a woman would be treated differently in the same situation. With Agent Lightning in our ranks, we're able to conduct our experiment is our first full-time female mystery shopper, thanks to uh, Nancy Stewart, who has been honest, honest, honest to do this. And we finally did it, and we are very happy that we have Agent Lightning, and we can, we can find out how a woman is experiencing buying a car compared to a man. We all know it's not the same, and uh, for a lot of reasons, a, a lot of complicated reasons. 
We saw that Walls was running the same ad. Uh, amazing. I'm, I'm surprised. $189 a month for a new 2020 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Here's the report. I'm speaking as if I were Agent Lightning. I arrived at the dealership around 9.30 a.m. It was raining, so I came into the service department, made my way to the new car showroom. I passed several employees who were not wearing any protective masks. Very disappointing. I was sure that these employees were salespeople. They did not acknowledge me. I wondered if they thought I was a service customer because I arrived through the waiting area, which makes sense. Probably did. I found the reception area. The woman behind the desk wore a mask around her chin and neck and lifted up, uh, placed it properly on her face when she noticed me approaching. Now, she did lift it on Mrs. On my comment. Uh, um, people are feel uncomfortable wearing masks. You know, we sit in this uh, room here, five of us, and we wear these masks for two hours, and uh, we don't take them off. I mean, uh, you know, if we leave and use the restroom, we might, but I'm just saying that while we're in here, we don't do it. We leave the mask on. Leave your mask on. Customers feel uncomfortable when you're close to them and they come over and you, you, you move the mask up like that. Anyway, uh, uh, I told her, uh, where am I? Okay. Yeah, I, I told her I was having trouble getting a salesperson pointed to the guys who walked past me. The receptionist chuckled, confirmed my suspicions. They probably thought I was coming in for service. She summoned the salesperson name. Is that pronounced Ronnie or Roni? Well, I guess Roni. Roni? Yeah, only one. Uh, to help me. Roni led me to a desk and logged into a computer. I told him I was there for the Grand Cherokee ad with a 189 monthly payment, pulled up their website. Ronnie's, uh, Roni said he, would, he needed to. First, let me know that the payment was for a lease, not a purchase, and that it allowed for standard miles of 10,000 miles a year. And that's, we did this in the last report. Here we are. Bait attempt number one. I guess you could say number one was a lease, and the other one was the unrealistically low mileage. Average mileage is 15,000, so 50% less mileage than a normal driver. And so, therefore, you can lower the payment. So that's bait one and two. I nodded along, uh, I, then Ronnie changed the subject and began asking me questions about where I was from, what I did for a living. It was a decent attempt to build rapport with me. It worked for the most part. Ronnie seemed like a nice person. After 10 minutes or so, the conversation returned to the Jeep. I told, that's a long time to be chit-chatting. Mm -hmm. 10 minutes. I told Ronnie I was leery of leasing, and he spent another 10 minutes trying to convince me that leasing was the way to go. and. Uh, I showed you this uh, article in, in the uh, Florida Weekly. Why dealers and car makers want you to lease. Uh, they do simply, I'll give it to you in a nutshell. You can make a lot more money leasing a car. Car dealers make uh, probably twice as much on the average lease as they do the average sale. And you come so back what, sooner. Yeah, and they love, they, they love leasing. Uh, so Ronnie is trying his best to talk me into leasing. Uh, I would have a new car payment. Here's the pitch. If I lease it, I have a new car every few years, pay lower down payment, lower monthly payments. It's all good when you lease. Not true. Not true. I said the mileage restrictions were a problem for me, but Ronnie said I could pay more for miles up front. Yeah, I could pay more miles for up front, and you just raise the price of the car. You don't tell me about the miles. I saw the 10,000, and I tell you I put 15 or 20,000. Now I got to add another three or four thousand dollars to the lease cost 
to get my mileage. This is the point entirely. The idea is they use yeah. a low miles leach to get a low payment, yeah. and that's not realistic. Exactly. Um, he asked me what color I liked. <laughs> this is what this will crack you up. He asked me what color I liked. I told him I preferred black or white, but I was okay with any color except red. Mm-hmm. Black or white's okay. I'll take any color. Just don't give me red. Okay, Ronnie left to get the keys, returned, said he would find the car and bring it up front because it was raining. That was nice of him. I waited at the front door and couldn't believe it when Ronnie pulls up on a red Grand Cherokee. <laughs> I mean, oh, gosh. I, uh, I mean, you got to have, I mean, uh, he's got a lot of brass, right? I mean, he she might just been, said. He, he might have been forced into that by Well, you know, yeah, probably forced. Probably forced into it. Sure, I mean, this one. She didn't want to see it. Show it to her anyway. If I had actually been there doing the shop, I'd have thought he was kidding. I'd have laughed. I mean, I, I just, ha, 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 that's pretty good. Now go get me the car. Exactly. But uh, I, I, and I, I waved him off, signaling I wasn't interested in that red car. Ronnie got out and came over and tried his best to get me to consider the red one. He asked me if I could become, I love this line, if I could become colorblind for the right price. <laughs> that was so corny, I laughed, it is funny. Agreed to drive off on the condition, uh, he'd find me the color I wanted. Now here we have a, a, a case too of a very personable, charming salesperson. Uh, Ronnie, and I hope I'm pronouncing your, your name right, Ronnie, uh, it's just a delightful, likable person. Let me tell you something, folks. That sells cars. Likeability sells everything. Sells Apple computers. Hey, you know, uh, Terry Chapin, who we talked about earlier from the, from the texture, yeah. would say, listen, when you're inside your car, you cannot see the, paint, the outside paint. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the only color that matters is the interior color. <laughs> right. He did say that. Yes. That's true. And people uh, bought it. He let me drive the Jeep, and I headed out on the US-1, drove it about a mile before making a U-turn, heading back to the store. I saw that the MSRP was 35585 uh, and there was no addendum. That's good. No phony Monroney. At his desk again, Ronnie asked if I'd be buying today. I said I was. Uh, he left to get the numbers. And the same thing happened last time. Alone for 15 minutes. Uh, that's old school. Let him sit. Let him wait. I don't get it. I mean, the modern technique is move, move the process fast. Yeah. Get the customer in she efficiently. She said that they weren't busy at all. So all all school, yeah, 15 minutes. I saw the website with a vehicle listing on his computer. She's looking at the screen. Mm -hmm. He was working numbers on a 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo, same as last week, with an MSRP of 35585 same as the one I drove. The online price was 29459 after a $6,126 discount. When Ronnie came back, he wanted to know if I was retired military, we here we go, a member in some real estate association, or if I currently own a Jeep. And of course, no, no, no. He said that, he, it's funny that he didn't pause there and say anything. He just ran around, right, right over it. He said that he had a white one en route to the store, but a white Jeep, but he would be uh, presenting numbers on the red one I just drove. I guess that means that these were only on the red one because nobody else will buy this damn red Cherokee. And so, uh, or maybe they would, I don't know. I, it's a nice red. Yeah, I guess a, yeah, red's better for Cherokee than it is for... It's not like fire engine red. It's, got, yeah. it's, it's a nice, warm, yeah. it's a good looking one. Uh, he promised I'd be happy. He also advised that I, would, uh, uh, I should let him run his credit, my credit, 
uh, so he could let me know my actual annual percentage rate. He was selling the Grand Cherokee for $30,835 after $47.50 discount, but he added, here we go, $135 filing fee, eh, dealer fee, hidden fee, $799 dock fee, and eh, dealer fee. Hot dog fee? Additional, you know, additional profit. And here's, uh, th this is a in vogue name now, non-tax fees, $556, $566. What's that add up to, Stu? Uh, uh, don't, don't make me do arithmetic yeah, in my head. Uh, six, uh, <laughs> dollars $1,500. $1,500 in hidden fees, uh, $1,300 worse than the online price I saw on Ronnie's computer. No, I think those non-tax non fees are legit. Oh, non-tax. I'm yeah. sorry. But it's, but it's a lot. Taxable. Yeah, ta but if yeah. that's for a tag registration, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty high, yeah. really high for a tag. Yeah. Uh, new tag. yeah, that was my mistake. I thought yeah. I was reading taxable fees, yeah, non-tax fees. Yeah, taxable fees are dealer fees. Non-tax fees are legit. Yeah. There was a table that showed payment options that ranged from $494, $494 for 84 months with $4,000 down to $630 a month for 66 months with $2,000 down. <laughs> I said I wasn't happy with any of it. The cheapest payment was more than double what the ad said. Also, the price was higher than what they said they had online. Ronnie asked, what was more important to me, the price or the payment? Uh, huh. you know, I should put that on the wall. Huh. I mean, because that, that is the classic. All right, let's work on the payment then. That is what every car salesman wants you to know. They know the payment is more important to you. Everybody thinks payment, I don't care who you are, and so they always focus on the payment. It's like saying, That's what's more important to you, the numerator or the denominator? Yeah, They're part yeah. of the same equation. Exactly, they're the same well, thing. Well, he's got a million payment, out of them. The payment right. seems less, and that's the reason they push payments. I said both were, perfect answer. He mm -hmm. tried again to convince me to lease, remind me that he had, he had the payment was for a lease, and uh, push him, push him, push him, get that lease. I told Ronnie I would have to do a lot of thinking before I could make a decision, he asked me, uh, to wait to meet the sales manager. I said I'd been there long enough and excused myself. Ooh. I exited the showroom. I ran to the car in the rain and as I was I driving saw, on, I saw, yeah. Yeah. I saw a woman running toward me, waving. <laughs> stop! Stop! But I drove away without stopping. <laughs> I received several texts and a phone call from Ronnie throughout the day. He had selected a couple of certified used Grand Cherokees that he thought uh, he could work within my budget, and uh, that's the bottom line. Uh, Agent Lightning's, interestingly enough, Agent Lightning, the female shopper, experience was better than Agent Thunder's. Yeah. I mean, if you didn't hear last week, you could say, that was a good experience. You should have heard the one last week with Agent uh, Thunder was a terrible experience. Agent Lightning, as a female, was actually better. So there was no discrimination here. There was no picking on her because she's a woman. Didn't happen. Uh, Ronnie was a good salesperson, and it's unfortunate he's required to adapt to some of the dealership sales tactics. I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah, that was just kind of my take after talking to Agent Lightning. I, my impression was, and I could be wrong, and I, I'm a sucker for a good salesperson. We're all as well. suckers yeah. for nice people, and you just have to harden yourself and say, listen, when I go into a retail establishment, uh, these people, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a dealer, and I have a, uh, you know, a lot of salespeople. And when we hire somebody, likability, likability. I mean, you can have the smartest, hardest working, most talented individual on the planet, but if they're not likable, they can't sell. Selling 
unfortunately, you have to overcome that f initial impression. When you, when you, when you see somebody, if, if I've never seen Rick before, he's sitting right next to me, and he walked in and said, hi, my name is Rick Kearney, I would form an impression of Rick. Jonathan's the same way. Uh, anybody you meet. So when you have a retail salesperson, if they have a really positive uh, likability experience, they are pure gold, but they can really take advantage of you. Someone that you love and trust can take advantage of you a lot faster mm -hmm. than the guy that you see in the cartoons with the white shoes and the gold chains. That's right. They don't, they don't do that anymore. No, no, they, they, they got smart. You know, uh, and Agent Lightning sent a bunch of pictures of a lot of people uh, not wearing masks. I mean, yeah, receptionists, yeah. managers, salespeople, uh, yeah. not taking Scary. masks. Yeah, not, not good. Now, in fairness to them, which is not really an excuse, I think Martin County's mask mandate yeah, is... Here's, uh, here's one right there. ...has, been, has expired. I'd like to walk into a car dealership and see that. Yeah, not me. Yeah, it's just not good. Not good. All right, we got some grades coming in. Okay, let's uh, start out. Uh, well, Lin Linda gives him a, a big fat F. Um, big fat, big fat F. Uh, great, get it together, Wallace. Um, we got a D coming in here from who's sending in the D? Tony. I'm sorry, I don't have a name on that, but we have a D. I'm feeling a little sympathetic. I, I think the 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 worst crime was committed by the advertising. Um, I, I get, I yeah. I don't know. I'm going to give him a D. Rick? Let's see. We've got Karen, a big fat F. Mr. Hand, fail. Certified failure. <laughs> Wayne Vite with another F. Uh, Tim Gilliland, no need to make them wait 15 minutes for their old school grade F. Donovan Lewis says they get an F for putting an insane 84-month term on the price sheet. Anyone would be upside down for the majority of that note. Yeah. That should always be a last-minute option. Mark Ryan, F on all aspects, really sad. And myself, I'm actually going to agree with Stu, say a D. You get If you do your homework, you know, maybe you can get a reasonable price, <clears> but uh, you, you got to just follow your, your rules for buying a car. Yeah. We got all the F, more Fs coming in for them. One who said it would increase the grade to a B if they're wearing masks. So. Yeah. Nancy, what do you think? Oh, they rubbed me the wrong way. They get an F. Yeah. I'm going to go with D, and uh, I uh, uh, reluctant D. I'm, I'm I'm very sad because Bill Walls is a good guy. He's honest, and he's got a, he's got a store there, a rogue store, uh, and that's how Wallace Jeep and Stewart and uh, Bill. Uh, you got a rogue store there. They're, they they need to get their act together, and I know you will eventually make that happen. Yeah. But uh, uh, I'm not giving you a mercy D. Are they going to come off the off the bad list? Go on the good list? Well, I th I'm gonna give him a D, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a, you know, it's not a, a happy D. It's just a D because it's better than last week. Right. And Guy Larrabee agrees. He says I give him a reluctant D. Ah. Okay, I think that uh, we're ready to wrap it up again, and we've had a great show, and we want to thank you all again for joining us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you right back here, same time, same channel. Have a wonderful weekend.